It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring special guest star, Miss Robin Frederick. Yeah, baby. Woo! Welcome, Robin. Good to be here, as always. You know, I had to invite you on the show today because last week we did a thing. Uh, hello, audience, by the way. Yeah, we'll open guys. up the chat room. Oh, please do so I can um, see them. There they are. Uh, last week I did a show that, frankly, I didn't expect to have quite the impact that it did, but um, everybody really enjoyed the show, which was doing instrumentals and uh, where you guys voted on, uh, gave your opinions on what you thought the mood was, and then we tried to figure out various types of scenes that would work for I got so much positive feedback after that show that I thought, you know, we barely touched songs last week, and let's get in uh, the reigning queen of all things <laughs> film and TV song related. She's the only queen. I didn't bring my <laughs> crown today. I'm sorry. No, but she did write this book, and uh, there is no other book on the market. Yeah, I'm shamelessly plugging the book, and yes, I'm the publisher, but yes, I will give you a refund if you don't think the book was worth everything you paid for it. And I want to ask you something mm -hmm. that's in the book. Um, talking about moods, and you say it's not an exact science, which uh, tru yeah. truer words were never <laughs> spoken. Um, how does somebody, do, what are the elements that go into making the mood of a song versus an instrumental? I'm sure there's overlap. Got it, got it. Uh, yes, there definitely is because you have an instrumental part of your song and that's the same pretty much for um, um, moods, for instrumental, for cues as it is for song in many cases. But yeah, there's um, uh, seven, basically there's seven ingredients that go into this emotional soup that we make when we write songs and that's the rhythm, mm -hmm. which is the basic underlying tempo, and the groove, the feel, the rhythm of you know whatever your guitar strum is or whatever your 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 um, drum beat, um, chords, major, minor, what, how much of each, mix in together to create an emotional feel, the vocal, the lead melody, whatever the singer is singing, and um, lyrics, of course, and then arrangement, and uh, both instrumental and vocal, the performance instrumental and vocal, especially vocal, yeah? And then finally your mix, because reverb can make a big difference in, in what the song emotionally feels like, what space it's in, those kinds of things. So those are the seven things that go in, and how you mix those is just like a recipe. If you change one ingredient, or you put something else in, or you take something out, it changes the emotional flavor of the song and the response that you get from the listener. And that's hugely important, of course, in film and television because when a listing or, you know, the music supervisor says, I need something yeah. that's cute, quirky, and bouncy, and you give them something with a whole bunch of minor chords in it, probably not going to work. That's an obvious example, but there's more subtle examples of things that you can just tune it up so that everything in your song is working together to create the emotional mood, atmosphere, energy, vibe that you want the listener or the viewer to feel. We saw evidence of this last week when we were doing just instrumentals. Um, it, it was a little shocking, not like, oh my God, shocking, but notable that we would play something, would, it would start out with an obvious mood. You could detect it in the first 10 seconds. And then they would introduce one little thing. Mm. And you go, okay, it's not the same anymore. Interesting, so yeah. If you had to pick, like, what do you think is the strongest element? If you're most likely to send the mood somewhere you don't want to, um, what is maybe the most dangerous element that could take a song 
away um, the, the lyric, the vocal delivery, the melody. Um, they can, they all do it. Yeah. They can all do it. If you have the wrong lyric on there and it's fighting what you're, the energy of the rhythm, yeah, you're gonna have a problem because you're, the song is having a fight within itself. Right. And that fight can destroy the whole song structure. And then the listener doesn't know what to feel because the listener doesn't know what you're telling him or her to feel. You're, as the songwriter, arranger, producer, all of those things together, which we really are these days, it's on you to tell the listener what the listener should feel. And the listener is waiting for you to do that. And if you give the listener mixed messages, then the listener is going to go, wait, I'm confused, I don't know what to feel, and they'll just drop out. They just won't stay with you. So it can be really anything. Does this remind you, back in the good old days when you'd go to an A&R meeting to pitch something that you worked on, uh, there were people that would often walk into the A&R person's office and go, now this is a song about, and I remember being in there for several of those, just shaking my head, going, "If you have to explain to the A and R person what no, this no, song no. is about, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> then you got to wonder. Yeah, now yeah. you're talking to a mass audience, Can't not just that. one guy in an yeah. office who's a captive, uh, you know. Right. But yeah, you're oh, so absolutely. right about that. If you have to tell me, you know, what the song is about, you won't ever have that chance to do that with a viewer or a listener. You'll never be there saying, "Now I want you to understand what this song is about." The song itself has to stand, and that's what you're yeah. saying. Has to stand Absolutely. on its own, speak with its own voice, and say clearly to the listener, emotionally clearly. That doesn't mean that the lyrics come out and say, "Hey, this is what I want you to feel." Yeah. Although sometimes they do, um, but it means that it has to emotionally communicate with the listener or the viewer with enough strength and enough clarity that the viewer, or the the listener, goes, "Oh, I get it. I get it. I feel that. I identify with that. I relate to that. All those things." Fine lines are important to mm. be to to note. Um, last week we played one piece that, if I remember correctly, it was an anger. Uh, the mood was kind of angry, but I kept thinking, is it hurt or is it anger? Mm. And they're not that far apart. One is the result of the other frequently, but it came down to the songs or the instrumental tracks energy because if it were purely anger, it could have been a little more up-tempo and a little more aggressive. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about energy. Energy because, level. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so important. It's so important. I was watching, you know, it's interesting. I've been doing a lot of studying of uh, commercial songs, songs that are being used in advertising right now. And one of the songs is uh, uh, called Walking on a Dream by Empire of the Sun. Mm -hmm. And it's a Honda Civic commercial, and it's a boom, boom, and it's a, an up and down momentum. It just rolls you forward. And the lyrics are walking on a dream, and we're searching, we're running on and on. We keep looking for the thrill of it. It's just wonderful, and it just rolls you forward. It's perfect for that ad. And it's at, you know, about 130 beats per minute, mm -hmm. right underneath that. And then I played a song called Technicolor by Tim Myers, which is used in a lot of ads, particularly yeah. the Tide commercial. And that song is much slower, but the energy level actually feels much, much higher. It's a slower song, but he's playing in, you know, many more beats. He's dividing per measure, the, yeah. yeah, per measure on the guitar, and he's arranged it so that it has much more of a choppy feel, and it's much more energetic, and he's singing about colors, and how life is full of colors, and yeah, his vocal just, attitude yes. it, it gives it that energy. So that energy level, even though the tempo is slower, that energy level on that song is so much higher than the hipster, cool, smooth, running mm -hmm. forward of Empire of the Sun. So if you get a chance, listen to Walking on a Dream by Empire of the Sun, and then listen to Technicolor by Tim Myers, 
and take a look at how those two songs create their energy levels, which are so very different. It isn't just about how fast you play. In fact, energy level is almost never about how fast you play. So remember when we wanted to make a song feel more energetic and we'd VSO that thing yeah. up? Yeah. We'd <laughs> they would tell them what VSO bit. is. Variable speed. <laughs> yes, oscillator. Yes. Oscillator, <laughs> right. And we'd, we'd <laughs> tweak the tape machine and make it run just a tiny hair faster, which of course lifted the whole thing because it lifted the, the key as well, <laughs> lifted everything. Um, and everybody would go, yeah, that's it, that's it. Now it's got more energy. Well, why didn't you record it there in the first place, you know? But it felt after listening to it a million times that it needed more energy. So that's what we used to do. But in but really picking up the tempo doesn't really make it feel more energetic. It's how you treat the arrangement, the vocal, the lyrics, all that stuff that's going on at the same time to create a medium tempo energy level or a, a low energy level if it's a thoughtful, introspective song. It's lots of stuff working together. It literally is like cooking. It's all in there. It really is all in there. Um, get this book. I'm sometimes surprised how many people um, bought shortcuts to hit songwriting that didn't follow up with this book because most of our members are now pitching to film and TV. Film and TV so much more now because that's the active, yes, radio hits. It's great to have a radio hit, but film and television is, much, is a very active market and, and commercial songs, very active market. Um, and uh, uh, television series, very active, looking all the time for indie artists, unsigned artists. Polly says he loves listening to Robin because she makes so mud sense. Oh, thank you. I like making mud sense. <laughs> it's my favorite kind of sense to make, and I appreciate that. I do. Mud <laughs> sense. <laughs> Not much. Whatever you say, whatever mud you sense. wrote, I thank you. <laughs> thank you, Polly. Um, I want to let you guys in uh, on a little news that I haven't even mentioned to oh. you yet. And this is, treat it unofficial, but I can talk about it because it's already happening. I, we just don't have anything locked down in a big way. But there is a major media company. I've been talking about this for years with companies wanting to build their own in-house libraries. Mm -hmm. So this is a very cool major media company that has started uh, sending us listings to build their own in-house library. Oh, great. And Good. I would guess that we're going to have hundreds of listings from this company coming Excellent. in and just for all kinds of shows. And I'm amazed when we get the listings how they're more oriented at the scene and the emotion and the vibe of the show using much more of that to describe what they need than using musical descriptors. They're not saying give me... Right. Um, you know, major chord EDM. Yeah, 138 BPM. They yeah. don't, because they don't. Right, and, and they funny don't enough, speak the that. person in charge does actually. This is the surprising oh, interesting. thing. The person in charge of music there is somebody from the record side of the industry that's migrated over to this network and is in charge of film and TV, or in some regard, uh, in charge of film and TV music over there. But I'm seeing this more and more where people are describing stuff based on emotion and mm -hmm. mood. It's really become the language of the industry. Yeah, music supervisors are not necessarily people who came out of the music writing or composing field. But what they brought with them was the ability to take a scene and interpret it with music and make that music match the scene, and that's their great strength. doesn't mean that they speak music at all. Yeah. They speak the, they, the language of emotions and mood and tone and, and um, 
they can't tell you whether 130 BPM is the right tempo or not. But the truth is, it may not be. It may be, in yeah. fact, that 92 beats per minute is a better thing. It's just got to have more beats, of, you know, more energy in the strum and more energy in the vocal. It could be anything. So it's dangerous, actually, to start using musical terminology to describe what it is you really want. And the video editors are oftentimes the people laying in the music where the soups will hand them, mm -hmm. a, you know. know, a drive filled with music and say, okay, you know, use up-tempo stuff in the front half of the show, then when it gets depressing, bring it down a little, and that's pretty much their direction until they play the end result for the supervisor, who then says, leave that, leave that, take that out. So the editors may not have any musical skills whatsoever, and they too have to work off emotions. So I think it's really good that you guys are showing up for these shows, that we're covering this topic, and I yeah. think you're gonna see a lot more mood and emotion. So great idea. let us uh, start with listening to some of the stuff that we got in. Um, we didn't get a lot of stuff in for today's show. I was kind of shocked based on the reception to last week's show, but we're going to start. And so here's what we're going to do today, folks, is we're going to play a song, and we're going to reach out to you first to see what your comments are. And remember the mood list, which uh, I will read off if anybody doesn't have it in front of them. Um, and this, is, this was two lists that I got from two different music library sites. I'm sure there are more moods out there. Um, Adventurous, angry, anthemic, anxious, blissful, bouncy, bright, cheerful, determined, dramatic, ecstatic, epic, emotional, ethereal, exciting, fun, happy, heartwarming, hopeful, humorous, inspiring, joyful, lonely, melancholy, mischievous, motivational, optimistic, playful, pensive, proud, quirky, reflective, romantic, sad, seductive, scary, thoughtful, and whimsical. So hopefully you wrote really quickly. Um, I'm going to leave this here so you and I, I can... It. Oh, good. I okay. Yeah. Great. I copied it out. Yeah. So that's what I love about rap. I love the comment about Bjork that someone just made here. Has extensive music classical training, but tells her musicians in very abstract terms. And of course, the famous story is that Laura Nero told her musicians to play things something more purple. Right. I mean, and that was the way she wanted it, and the musicians understood her, and that's what they did. So, yeah. Yeah, classical training is not a requirement for songwriters by any means, and uh, you do not need to speak music to do this. I would much rather be producing a record where the musicians could talk about moods than yes. could talk about, yeah. you know, a minor, yeah. you know, sus nine. Like, yes, yeah. 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 I mean, some people can hear that and know the mood just by talking about it, but most people just yeah. work Jazz better. Jazz musicians can do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's because I'm jazz musicians. I am amazed by that. They were hanging out in the alley behind the place, smoking oh, a little. You. you know, somebody pasted the moods up there, which is really nice. Ah, That's thank you. Great. I, th thank I think you. that was Bria. Thank you, Bria. Um, okay, so let's start out with the first thing we're going to hear is called. Uh, what's, uh, first thing is called redemption. redemption? Yeah. Doubting what I believe, to lose sense of 
showing up in the chat room spit out what kind of scene you think it would work for and uh, then we're going to get Robin's take on it to see mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with these yeah mm -hmm. you better say what your mm-hmm's are about oh well reflective <laughs> thought yeah because not everybody's getting you know. oh they're not getting at the same time oh, well yeah. no but the, 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 the archive people Thoughtful, uh, um, anthemic. Um, that was one that didn't cross my mind. That's absolutely right. Uh, it wasn't produced that way, but it could certainly be that way. Yeah, the chorus is yeah. written that way. Reflectful and reflective and thoughtful. Um, let's see. Hopeful. Yeah, I would put hopeful in there. Yes. Getting back together, a breakup. Now these are situations. Those right, are not, not emotions. Right, yes. they moved oh, on from emotions. That's the right. Emotions. You asked that. Yeah. What kind of scene would you put this in? A love scene. Um, and the reason I ask them is, 
you know, some if you can't imagine a scene, it's like pitching a song. It's casting for songs. You know, if you can't imagine a scene, you'd use it. And sometimes that means the song's not that great for film and TV. Last week we found that where people were really having to search hard to come up with a scene, but this song. Yeah, gratitude. I see somebody just wrote thankful. Yeah, mm -hmm. gratitude is really one of the ones I came up with. Relief, you know, being having been rescued from the from the brink. All right. So, what's your take? What kind of notes? I think a you... lot of these are good. I think that the idea of being reflective, thoughtful, pensive, and then anthemic is definitely there. It's just not produced that way, which is fine. But the singer is doing that. Mm -hmm. The singer is putting a ton of power into this thing, and so I think there is an anthemic quality to it. Um, uh, it's clear. It's very well focused. Yeah, the song is, and so, and I think that the idea of stripping it down to the bare piano vocal is really a good idea because the song has a raw honesty in it. That this kind of an admission of "you saved me from the brink of desperation" is is that moment at which you get to you have gotten to the brink, literally to the edge of destruction, and someone has saved you from it, and to to do that to simply sit there with a piano and sing your heart out about it is really powerful. And it's a risk. It, there's, there's a desire to fill that in with strings and all kinds of stuff. And I'm really glad that you didn't do that um, because it gave the chance, the song a chance to sound honest and authentic. And every time I ask a music supervisor, what are you looking for? They all say authentic. Um, and when you say, what is that? They can't really tell you, but it has a lot to do with being present in the moment and singing it in a way that convinces listeners that you are experiencing it in that moment. And I think that this singer really does a great job of doing that. I don't know who this is. Obviously, she does Adele real well. And um, that's something that's useful because there are projects that can't afford an Adele song. And, that's most projects. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want to license, over license them. They right. don't overdo the Adele songs. They get so much airplay on the radio that, um, you know, licensing them out to every request they get would be way over the top for that song. This is lyrically also applicable. Um, it could be used for somebody that's going through a drug rehab issue, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. any sort of life trauma being pulled back from the ledge of that. It's not just about relationships. Yeah. And there's yeah. a little bit of like a religious connotation in And there's here. some gospel in there. Yeah, yeah the hand the from delivery. above. Yeah. Um, I was so thankful I was in within your grasp. So could play in, um, there's a new film, not a new film genre, but a, a becoming more popular film genre, um, like family values films that I could see this working. Mm -hmm. Giving it up to the, to the religious experience there. Um, yeah. yeah, it could work. It looks like it could work. So there's a bit of a situation, but it's a universal situation that you encounter in a lot of uh, film and TV, which is the idea of getting to the brink and then being pulled back from the brink because it's a wonderfully dramatic um, uh, situation. And so you see a lot of it. And in the final scenes, the wrap-up scenes, you see you know, the person who's been rescued looking at handing hand in hand or just thinking about the person who rescued them or the reasons they were rescued. If I may give a couple of uh, notes on this yeah, and see absolutely. if there's something you might want to do here. I would say very important in your intro, everybody, in the intro to your song is where you set up the initial experience that the listener or viewer has with your song. This one had a nice short intro. The solo piano had just a little bit of the flavor of, let's say, Bruce Hornsby, almost an Americana flavor to me in the piano arrangement, which didn't set up the type of singer that I hear here. And it, sound, it sounded, the piano 
arrangement, for lack of a better word, w- was dated just because it's it big was, blocky chords? No, not necessarily. I didn't sense that it was the wrong style so much as I sensed that, yeah, the performance felt a little bit choppy. Um, you know, if you want to listen to Adele and really check out how reverb is used on that piano mm. and compression to smooth that piano out, that might be all that's needed on the intro. When you go back and you listen to something like The Way It Is, which is the Bruce Hornsby thing, it's got an Americana flavor to it mm-hmm. that I felt that this piano part had in the intro. It pulled me in that direction rather than the more light R&B gospel flavor that you get from, let's say, Hello or one of the big Adele uh, somebody, uh, someone like you. Um, so I would just take a look at that. If, if if you're thinking of ever re-recording this, it's a beautiful vocal performance, and I wouldn't want to see you redo that, but um, take a look at that piano. Um, the vocal's outstanding, whoever that singer is. Uh, she's wonderful. The lyric has a lot of poetry in it, and this was the other thing I was a little concerned about. Um, it's beautifully written. The lyric is very strong. The melody is very strong. But structurally and... and and in terms of the amount of poetry that you're using. Consider, and this has come up before, I don't know why it always comes up when Michael and I are doing these things, consider switching the second verse and the first verse. Um, It seemed like last time I was here we were doing a lot of this. You might want to open with, well, I owe you a debt I cannot repay. Just say it, because that's what the whole song is about. And it draws the listener right into the middle of the situation and the emotion immediately. Mm -hmm. I owe you a debt I cannot repay. You could have turned and just walked away. Well, you knew I was worth a second chance. I'm not so sure about that word grasp. Grasp has a lot of connotations that aren't necessarily good. In the last line. Yeah, in the last line, which is, I am so thankful I was within your grasp. Grasp has a connotation a little bit claw-like, so I would maybe think about a better word to rhyme. There are many, many rhymes, any A rhyme. I like it that it's not a perfect rhyme. I like it that it's a near rhyme. Um, but I would just look among all your choices. You might want to find a better, more warm, more warmth in a word to put in that spot right before you go into your chorus. Um, I liked the idea of um, the shorter chorus you use a half chorus after the second verse, but you know what? It felt, it actually seemed like I never got a chance to really swing into the song again with the longer chorus. I would actually um, uh, keep the chorus full length in the sec- second yeah, time. Yeah, but, but then- I have another problem with the chorus, which is the chorus lyric actually sounds more like a verse to me. I would like to see you use the chorus. I know I'm making a lot of suggestions. You can use this going forward. You don't have to do this on this song. But for this song, the chorus, the second half of the the chorus, I started doubting what I believed, losing sense of all direction. I was standing on a ledge between denial and desperation. Stunning lyric, absolutely gorgeous lyric. But I think it's a pre-chorus. And then I think you'll need to launch into a chorus that goes straight for the heart of the emotion and makes the listener feel what the singer is feeling. And I don't sense that that really ever releases here into something like that. I think your observation about the first half of the chorus is brilliant, and I'm gonna throw one out just for your consideration, Mm -hmm. which is using that first half of the chorus is the bridge lyric. I'd have to go back and hear the bridge melody, but lyrically it could work as a bridge, and that way you get the impact of the well-crafted words 
You could do that or you could use it as a pre-chorus. Either one. I love that section. I mean, you don't have to lose the section. Right. But the thing is, when you get past that, for those four lines, which haven't really released into um, wholehearted emotion, once you get past that, right. then when I was almost, I was almost past redemption, we never get to really enjoy that sense of you of salvation, of the, that sense of... Uh, being saved, and that's where it, the anthemic, this song is pulling mm -hmm. between thoughtful and pensive and anthemic. This girl has the ability to sing, and this um, theme has the ability to be redemptive and actually make me feel that sense of redemption. So somewhere in between rolling in the deep and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, the, and the more hello, how are you, you know, which is a much more complex emotion, emotional song. This song has the ability to do that big release and to play in a scene in which someone has been saved. And I don't ever sense really that, that it opens up and makes me feel that for in a scene where this song would be logically put, which is, I am back from the brink. I'm back um, and, I, and I have released and, I have, and I'm saved. Is House still on the air? This is the one I went straight there. I went straight there. I mean, almost Absolutely. there are like always four characters in the cast that any of them could use this, but especially in Dr. House. In the final House. scene, it's exactly yeah. that character. As he walks down the street and you hear the, the, this kind of voice sing, while well, I was, you know, almost past redemption, almost past yeah. redemption. Um, you know, you pulled me back from the brink and I'm, I'm still standing here because... Uh, because you saved me. <laughs> I may not be as smart as she is. I may not be as articulate as she is, but we all are, not always, we frequently end up in the same well, place. Well, that's, <laughs> that's because all viewers do. Viewers don't sit and talk like we do about songs. God bless but viewers, them. <laughs> yeah, feel. And so what we have to do is try to verbalize what it is I'm feeling or not feeling yeah. as a viewer. And so, yeah, as a viewer, I went straight to house. That's exactly what was in my mind, too, watching him walk down the street at the end of one of those episodes because that guy needs to be redeemed in almost every episode. <laughs> every episode. <laughs> so you look for shows like that, and there are plenty of them out there right yeah. now where there, you, there's a song during that closing scene, and, of course, that would be a wonderful place to park yourself. Ooh. Uh, another great show. I don't know how many people are watching it. I know that it's been picked up again uh, on H or no, it's on Showtime um, about an Irish boxing family. Why can I not think of the title of the show? It's got Liev Schreiber as the, the main character. Just an amazingly good show. Talk about a character that needs redemption. Um, his, yeah. Yeah. Watch They're out show. there. They're out there. And Longmire is another one. Uh, you know, these shows have a lot. They have a central character who gets uh, who needs this kind of uh, focus. Um, so I would do that. I would flip those the verses, and I would take a look at the chorus, using it as a pre-chorus, and then release into something that very clearly makes you feel that sense of salvation and redemption. And that's one of the great tricks of writing strong lyrics: is how does that make your body feel? How does that make you feel? What's the sensation of you that you feel? I I am no longer in prison. I am out. I am out. Open the doors. Let me out. Those kinds of things. If you really want to take this in that direction, Ray, otherwise it's gorgeous. It's Ray Donovan. Beautiful. Yes, Ray it, Donovan. Amazingly good yeah. show. Watch two yeah. episodes. Yeah. So it's a beautiful. This is a beautiful, um, uh, a beautiful album cut for you, just as it is. And um, if you want to aim it more towards film and television, I would consider doing some of those things. There, beautiful. All right, beautiful. Uh, let's move on to one called From This Burn. Whoops. 
be better if I actually played the right song. And here it comes. The heat of your fire warms up my bones when it's cold inside. up some uh, <laughs> drawing a blank you know moods let's see what your uh, what your moods are um, I saw some that I agreed with coming through and there's the list again from Bria more cowbell <laughs> every episode we get more cowbell 
peaceful, romantic, slightly melancholy. Anytime you put mm-hmm. a cello in, you're going to get slightly melancholy, yeah. Warm and comforting, sensual, sad, lonely, reflective. Not so lonely, I think, but reflective, um, warm and comforting, um, blissful, very nice, yeah. Stressed? Romantic. I don't know if I heard stress in there. Um, heartbreak, melancholy. There's a reflective thoughtfulness about it that may you might be interpreting as a sadness, um, but it has that nice combination of uh, warmth with a with yearning. I think I would go as far as saying yearning a little bit, heartwarming. Yeah, there's a touch of yearning, and it's there in the descending notes of I don't want. I don't want to feel for this burn. I don't want to um, keep singing the harmony, but um, I don't want to heal from this burn. There are words in there that are fairly dark. And so it creates a kind of ambivalent sense of both romanticism and yet yearning. It's a very hip and contemporary way to express that thought, too. Mm-hmm. I don't want to heal from this burn. It, it is. is. Isn't it beautiful? It's, very, yeah. it's unique. It's, very, it's really unique. And the other thing I like about it is that it's physical. Mm-hmm. So we were talking when I said earlier, try describing redemption in physical terms. What does it feel like to be freed from that terrifying edge of desperation? How does that feel? This is a really good example of using uh, physical feeling, physical, specifically sensations, physical sensations, to express an emotion. I don't want to heal from this burn. And it's an unusual thing to say. I don't mm. want to heal from a burn. Of course not. But that's how much, that's what this heat feels like. This heat feels good. And, and it's burning, and I love it. Before, we were talking about authentic, being mm. authentic. And this is a great case where people are always saying, give me something fresh. It's a really fresh lyric. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. It's, an un, it's an unusual way to say it. Um, somebody was asking if she left uh, him, and, me, and that was where the sadness came from. The lyric says, making your eyes draw colors all through my soul, covering all the scars. Making the most of my days without you has never been so hard. So the second verse suggests that the person might be gone. But I think it, I'm not sure whether that's a temporary, I just don't happen to be with you. And when I'm not with you, it's hard on me. And when we're back together, it's better. I'm not sure. Um, And so it leaves it a little bit unclear, Mm -hmm. but it could, but it will, the scene will define it. There's no question what the underlying feelings are somebody who does not want to let go of a love that's so strong that it burns and it and it's the kind of burn you want to hold on to and it's universal enough that it could play against four or five different storylines and work for any of them yeah because it's emotion yeah yeah i don't have a problem with that um there's so many things so it opens with a very clear emotional statement the heat of your fire warms up my bones we know what kind of situation we're in right from the opening line so i i really like where it opens the refrain releases into the emotion in that unique physical way so that we can feel it too you know in other words just saying i love you i love you i love you i love you doesn't really make me feel love but saying i don't want to heal from this burn makes me feel something i can imagine and I can feel, I can sense that, and it gets me involved in the song as a listener. The slow, deliberate tempo of this song is risky, and here he makes it work because of the repeated uh, hypnotic guitar strum. He's going back and forth, one and two and three and four and, so in a sense he's doubling the time, even though it's a very slow, deliberate pace, 
mid-tempo, he's doubling it by playing that guitar all the way through. And that's one of the things I noticed not terribly long ago, a couple years ago, I started noticing about film and TV songs, that they all seem to have this kind of momentum that keeps going. Mm -hmm. Even when it's just a little guitar strum or guitar picking that keeps it going, or a little piano thing that gets added. Well, if you don't, it gets really obvious very quickly in a scene. Yeah. That's the problem. It'll stick out like a sore thumb, and this circumvents that nicely by having that tempo. Um, also, I noticed something that I think I've probably learned from you, which was I kind of expected that the lyric phrasing would start on the ands, but it didn't. It was right on it, uh, you know, kind of old school, but yet as I sat there and tried to imagine it starting on some ands and being all hipster and new, it wouldn't have had the same emotional impact that it did kind of being this deliberate and falling into this. It was almost swaying you into a yeah. state of He's not. He's he's singing on the downbeats, but he's not singing on beat one a lot of times. This thing changes. These lines. This is a great example of a simple tune mm -hmm. that stays interesting because many of the phrases do not start on beat one. They don't start on the same beat. Um, if you wanted, if you went through and you counted this, you'll notice that some of these lines start on beat three, some of them on beat two. It's a very simple melody, and yet it's complex in where it has a range, it has a variety of line starts. And because it does, it stays interesting. This is I a, must have just listened to one section, because when I noticed it, I went, oh, you know what, that's all. I don't want to ever go back. Anyway. You could go back and listen to it. Yeah. But um, beautiful we song, Robbie, and, and really just uh, very simple and yet interesting and emotionally compelling and honest. Um, and and it's uh, you know should get placements because it really evokes and authentic an authentic emotion all yeah. that good stuff yeah. really nicely beautiful done. piece of work really nicely done yay all right moving on let me get my little list back out here because I'm lost without the list um, okay we're now moving on to one called Watch Me Now let's have a listen. Words unspoken, but I won't give in. Fireless rolling. I may seem small, like a tenth of an iceberg, but there's more to me than what you see.
out some moods there folks and scenes too let's cough them all up at once and Themic, yeah a proud yeah mo motivational mm -hmm. rising up from adversity good so you can see what scene that would be used in yeah uh, advertising an online college nice idea hmm. songs tonight yeah they have inspiring bouncy. I don't really go for bouncy it's certainly energetic though Ener energized and energizing determined yep yep um, proud. We had proud, yeah. Triumphant, good. Radio ready. Um, <laughs> strong and determined, yeah. Olympic underdog montage, yeah, huh? Fight song. Well, I was going to, I have fight song written. We're going to talk about that. All right. Okay. L let's jump into it because this was, uh, I heard some mixing things I would do differently, maybe some production stuff, but let's stick to film and TV and... What do you think? Yeah, I think it's beautifully produced, and, and I, I really like the mix and the production. I don't have any, any small things. Michael listens more to that than I do. Um, but Fight Song comes up uh, as a potential parallel, because Fight Song, uh, Rachel Platten's hit song, which was a breakthrough hit single, first time out of the box, she had a number one, um, was so successful. It was used in a Ford commercial. It was used in all kinds of TV shows. So successful that it's a really good idea to, to take a look at why that works and where this one, if you have the ability to redo some things, because this is already recorded and mixed, I hesitate to give you anything big on this. But there is something going on lyrically, and if you have the chance to re-record the, the vocal, um, and keep the track the way it is, you might want to consider that because I think the song has a lot of potential, but I think it's a little, un it needs some clarification so that um, listeners go lyrically? right there. Yeah. So, so when we get, for example, right, even the open, even the opening lines, again, we, sometimes we tend to get a little more poetic than we need to. You don't have to be poetic. It's more important to tell the listener what you need to say and make the listener feel it. Stitching my wings, words unspoken, the first four, five words of this, right there as a listener, I have to stop and think about what stitching my wings, beautiful, it's beautiful, mm -hmm. but I have to think about what stitching my wings means. So stitching my wings, words unspoken, shouldn't we go to the un unbroken, stitching my wings because they're broken? Give the listener time. Remember, this unreels in front of the listener in real time. They don't have a chance to stop and say, now what did that mean? You get to write it and work on it and work on it until it's just beautiful. But the listener doesn't have a chance to sit there and think about what you meant. So sometimes it's easier, it's better to spend two lines saying the same thing than two lines saying two different interesting things and beautiful things, but too much for listeners to take in. So stitching my wings because they were broken. 
I won't give up. Flightless, fightless, fightless, groaning. I, again, as a listener, I just dropped out a little bit and thought, I'm not sure where this is going. Then we get into, I may seem small like the tip of an iceberg. I get that. I get that. But there's more in me than what you see. That's an interesting metaphor. But we just went from flying in the sky to an iceberg. It's, it's that, those are really unrelated images and they happen, they're coming at the listener really quickly and really early in song. So keep your listener by your side and try to anticipate how quickly they can think and feel. More, more, more importantly, how quick they can process an image and turn it into a feeling. Because I think that's what we have going on here. They're all beautiful lines. This is a really incredibly good lyricist. Just make sure that you don't have to prove it to us. You can just write what you want listeners to feel, and any one of these images, Stitching My Wings, will, will last you for those four short lines. That's a song title in, it, in and of gorgeous. itself. It's gorgeous. Here's another yeah. great one. In all the years we've been doing Taxi TV now, I don't think I've had five times where a line has hit me like this, Strike, strike the match that's left in oh, me. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, yeah. Really? These are really good that lyrics. Is, that is A-list songwriting. Yeah. Right there, now, right here's thing. the issue, though, with that particular line. Let me move into the chorus now. Um, She's such a heartbreaker. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. You're but learning there's so from much this. here that's so good yeah. that you really could do. This could be five songs. I mean, yeah. this could be easily five songs. You're very talented. Okay. And I will stand up and fight. That's really good. I got it. As a listener, I get it. Even if I lose my battles tonight, again, now I'm with you. Now I'm with you. You, you are holding my hand and walking me through this emotion. I'll stay strong. I'll survive. All three of those lines get me, and I'm right there with you when you go into the chorus, because this time I'm not broken. It's unusual to open a chorus with a negative line. Because um, this line, I'm not. This time, I'm not broken. Instead of this is my fight song. See mm -hmm. what the difference that that is. Um, but it's a beautiful line because this time I'm not broken. I'll fix my wings and fly. I'll take over. I'll make my way through open skies. Beautiful. I'll take over. Make my way through open skies. Strike the match that's left in me. Give my all and let it be. This time I'll take over. So this song almost wants to be called I'll take over. I'm taking over. And then if you look at that and you pull that idea back to the first two lines of your chorus, you may want to rewrite those first two lines as beautiful as they are, this time I'm not broken, is actually a line that you would use in a bridge. That's the kind of line where you get to the bridge and you hit that peak moment and you go, this time I'm not broken. Then you can use that line. Opening line of a chorus, you want to say something that is affirmative in an anthemic song. Affirm the strength. I am taking over. I am going my own way. What am I taking over? What am I doing here? I'm taking over something, and we need to know what that is, and that's probably your opening pair of lines. If you really want to, if you feel like you want to work on this song. Otherwise, it's a stunning, absolutely gorgeous lyric. It's just a little too hard for listeners to be with you so that as a single, let's say, or as a film and TV song, this one's going to be a little bit difficult. For you as an as a um, an artist, or as an um, album cut, or as the Eurovision Song Contest, may I point out, um, this song is really, really strong. 
So thinking about your markets and about the uses, when you go to write a song for film and television, keep your listener with you. Same thing for radio. Fight song keeps you with that song every single line. You know what she's feeling. You know what she's talking about. Take a look at Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. I, I see echoes of that song in this gorgeous lyric. And it's, one of the, it's a master class in writing a lyric for uh, um, an abstract emotion, like I'm, I'm, I'm finding my way through life. I'm fighting, I'm going to win this fight, those kinds of things, um, uh, as opposed to, say, a situational and emotional situation. This is a person discovering their strength, difficult to write about, and you've got so much that's working. So just think about that as you go forward, and then you can decide how you want to make that work, or whether you just want to keep it just the way it is, and because it's, it's a gorgeous song. It is. But uh, I'm not sure that the person's name that's on here is even in the room. I don't know. I, I haven't been watching the chat, but whoever you are, you're going to be something. This it's is really good. Really, yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Um, okay. Let us move on to. Sorry, I got to get the list back here. Um, this one is called Shut It Down. Excellent. Yeah. 
I am very curious to see what you guys say for um, the mood for that. Uh, and you can spit out scenes as well. Um, adventurous, exciting, hopeful, solo road trip. Definitely a solo road trip. Um, yeah, I love the group. Uh, somebody says it has great groove. I love the strum on this, yeah. Very Lindsay Buckingham. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. Uh, even the vocal delivery yeah. was very Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need a whiskey. <laughs> Determined motivation. I don't know that I go for many of these. Uh, adventurous, no, no. Determined, no. I, I wouldn't go there. I'm not saying no, it's not, but I'm, I just, I'm not feeling yeah, it. Yeah, I had a tough Exciting, time. Exciting, vengeful, nope. I had a really hard time working from the list we've got coming up with anything. Really? And, I, and okay. I was loving the song. Yeah. Love the song. Anger, yeah-ish. Determined, not so much. Well, yeah, he says, he says, if it doesn't work out for me, I'm going to shut it down. So I guess that's determined, yeah. But it's an if. If it doesn't. If it doesn't. You know, this whole, mm -hmm. this is very, that to me, it's, uh, I would actually put, it's actually rather seductive. It's ominous. It's dramatic. It's somewhat anxious. If this doesn't work out, mm -hmm. I'm going to shut it down. It's, it's an unusual, it's a very unusual song. Um, and I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Um, I found that the, the singer's role, the singer's character, is um, very conflicted. He, he says, the singer says, and I, and I like to put it on the singer rather than say the, the songwriter, says, I'm going to be your only desire. But, you know, if, the, if, if this gets spinning out of control, I'll just shut it down. And that's a very conflicting, odd, uh, and unusual thing to say. And how do you reconcile that? And the song really doesn't. Um, somebody mentioned Breaking Bad. This is definitely mm -hmm. a Breaking Bad type song. And yeah. funny, I know that, well, I know most of these guys actually, but uh, I know the writer on this, and he's like this super sweet guy oh. that I just can't even imagine. Is he the ha singer on this? Uh, yeah, I believe he's the singer really? and the writer. And you would never guess in a million years that he would write this, but it just goes yeah. to show how it's good he is. It's somewhat threatening, at, I'm going to find you by sunrise. I mean, there's some a, a strong ominous quality in it. The The... The groove gives it that energy and that forward momentum. So mm -hmm. there's a determination, and that may be where you're picking up determination from, is from the strum, pushes forward and pushes forward. It's relentless. But at the same time, there's the electric guitar in there that's playing these minor, long, minor held out things. So that adds the ominous quality. So the arrangement is saying, is, is threatening. The arrangement has an ominous implied threat in it. And then the singer is saying things like, I'm going to find you by sunrise. So there's almost a stalker quality in it that, and a dark quality to it. But at the same time, uh, I'm, I'm not clear at all on what the song, what the situation might be. If, if the wheels start spinning faster than the road, I'll just shut it down. This guy sounds like he would be more likely to be in control than that. It's a beautiful line. It's a, it's a poetic and beautiful line. But in the context of the song, it really isn't explained to the point where I might, as a listener, go, oh, that's what that's about. Yeah, I feel but, that. But, you know, frankly, a lot of this, well, no, this would be a featured use. Or, um, it's, it's unlikely that this would be like background source or something. I mean, the, the quality of the song. As far as source, no. There's, yeah. there's no source this would be playing from. But as a cue, I mean, the, the track is so right. high, this, just wonderful, yeah. This could definitely be like a, a biker on a long, narrow road kind of thing. And um, 
Well, here's the thing. If you put this underneath like a montage of, or, or a long scene of a biker on the road, let's say yeah. Sons of Anarchy or something, where those guys would get out on the road together and they're moving, and you've got something, if the wheels start spinning faster than the road, I'll just shut it down. I mean, that's a great line for like a, a traveling scene. But the rest, you have to, you do have to have the rest of the song work to support that line. And here, it doesn't quite, it's not supported. There seems to be a sort of relationship going on. It seems like a line like, if the wheel starts spinning faster the road, I'll just shut it down, sounds more like a life song. You know, this is my life, I've chosen this life, and I'm going to go to the limit, and I'm just going to take it as far as I can take it. And you know what? If wheels start spinning faster than I can handle, I'm just going to shut it off. That's what that guy, that kind of guy would do. I don't know that that guy, I'm not sure what kind of relationship he's in here. And is he trying to talk about somebody that he wants to get in his life or or get out of his life or what's happening? And it's a shame because that payoff line is killer. That is a killer line. If the wheels start spinning faster than the road, I'll just shut it down. So sit down and, Clark, and, and think about what it is you want to say with this song. Get it clear in your head and then work on those verses take another life, do you care, write another wrong, say your prayer. Are you really talking to somebody else or is he talking about himself? I assume he's talking to somebody else. I'm going to find you by sunrise. There's that ominous quality, but it doesn't sound like a relationship song. Light another fire, burn it down, breathe another breath, wear your crown. It sounds like it's there for the rhyme. It's a shame to do that. And if you have to explain it to me, then it's something's not working. So I know you know what you're writing about, but I don't. I'm going to be there if it takes all night. Really? Why would you be there for that person? And where are you going? And who is it you're meeting? Uh, place another bet, live or die, make a man fret, don't ask why. I assume this is a, a song about a woman who's a, a man-eater. I'm going to light this world on fire, run another mile in my shoes, take another chance, win or lose. It's, it seems like the lines seem disconnected. So I, for this song, which is so good, here's the thing about what Mike was just, Michael was just saying. Yeah, you could play this underneath a scene, way underneath a scene, where you really didn't hear, maybe there's dialogue over it, and you don't hear that, yeah. But they won't do that, because there's too many songs that actually have something that leads right up to a payoff line and works for the music supervisor, and they play, can play it for the director without the scene and say, what about a song like this? And the director goes, yeah, I'm interested in that. Go ahead and have the editor put it under the scene. Let me see it. But it has to stand as a song. And all music supervisors say that to me when I ask them. How do you know you'll use a song, it, you, you'll find, when you find a song that you could use in a scene, even if you don't have a scene for it right then? They say, because it moves me as a song. And it has that sense, it has a, a single focus and a sense, and I feel it and I'm moved by it. Then they'll put it in their playlist and they'll pull it out when it comes time to, for a scene like this. But this, this one is kind of throwing away the verses um, when it has this great powerful payoff line and not, is not clear about what the song is about. Enough to be used underneath a scene. Am I rebelling against life? Am I embracing life? Am I running towards a, an emotional situation or am I running away from it? And be clear about what you want to say first you know, somewhere in there, and then rewrite this. I think the song needs another draft on the lyrics, but there's so much about it that's wonderful. From a, a, a mood perspective, it's got that kind of badass 
motorcycle without being, you know, it's not produced as a badass thing. It's not a blues rock thing with a lot of distortion or a lot of, it could be, but you it's not. It, yeah. It's very, you know, acoustic driven. Um, but the mood for me really works for a scene. And I've got to go back to uh, my friend Frank Palazzolo, who was at the road rally last year. I don't know if you caught that mm -hmm. thing with mm -hmm. him. He and I just talked about this again three or four weeks ago when we were together. He 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 looks for something that immediately grabs him about the mood or the tempo or something without even getting into the lyrics and then fast forwards and fast forwards and fast forwards. And I said, why? And he said, for me, it's all about the arc. Then I'll go back after I create a list of these could possibly work based on the arc. Then I'll go back and pick the one that you know, maybe has the best lyric or has the best overall lyric. So this one wins on the arc thing. Mm -hmm. It definitely comes up. And I think Robin's right on lyric. You know what? It's 75% of the way there. Take it 100% just to give yourself 25% yeah. better chance of getting it used. Because Somebody has a good question here, close. which is, doesn't the scene provide the concrete details? Yes. I'm not suggesting that he write concrete details. But the song either needs to be about rejecting life or embracing life a strong overarching theme that is clear throughout the song so that when you get to that payoff line we know how the singer feels about mm -hmm. it and what the singer has in mind then yeah there might be a love scene you can't put that in but you probably wouldn't put that in a love scene anyway no unless yeah. you're in love with your motorcycle you need well that too <laughs> um you need a theme and thematically you need to make that theme clear that's what i'm talking about it's the emotional theme what's the emotional theme through this um and it's not clear. So there's some kind of situation going on. Okay, okay. let us roll well on to... This one's called Turn Me Up. Thank you. 
about there. I know it takes a few seconds, but I'm, again, very curious. I was really working hard on the list, going through there, going, uh, I'm not going to say anything. I want to see what you guys... Bouncy? I mean, it had bouncy parts in it. Yeah, the synth part was bouncy. But, you know, was it uh, adventurous, angry, anthemic, anxious, blissful, bouncy, bright, cheerful, determined, dramatic, You guys ecstatic? are kidding. Come on. <laughs> Epic. I don't think so. Emotional, ethereal, <laughs> exciting, Reckless fun, happy, uh, heartwarming, hopeful, Not humorous, quirky. inspiring, joyful, lonely, melancholy, mischievous, motivational. Not mischievous, no. Yeah. <laughs> Youthful, playful. No, come on. Yeah, this was a tough one. I don't know if they are kidding. Oh, maybe they're not. I, I oh, know. you were joking. No. All of I you. mean, uninhibited and they're rock. not that funny today. <laughs> I think, speaking of funny, <laughs> whatever on, happened to you. Scott Hansen? I miss Scott Hansen. Come back, Scott. Um, Deviously inviting. Darkly seductive is interesting. Yeah, rebellious, yeah. Uh, dark, definitely, yeah. Playful. Mm -hmm. I, uh, Mojo says the playful. lyrics don't quite match the sonics, and I tend to agree with that. I, I When we got to the line about no connection in the bridge, I thought that's what I'm feeling is somehow for me, I'm not connecting. The whole thing doesn't, it, it's a good song, but I can't imagine where I would use it. Although, for some reason, I flashed on uh, uh, Top Gun. Well, it's the 80s. Yeah, That's and this is very 80s. It's very 80s. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was like the only place I could imagine yes. this being it's used. very Pat Benatar. And, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, no. there are definitely uses for that, it, vintage things, but it's, it definitely has a, a vintage feel in the melody. That singer is excellent, excellent, really, really good. Um, I, I, it's To me, it's it, pretty clear. I mean, the person is, is hooked on this other person and can't give them up and is, you know, addicted. It comes right out and says, I'm addicted. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't, uh, anxious, desperate, determined, needy, and driven. And you, we don't have all the emotions on that list. I no. mean, there are many more than that. So driven and needy are two emotions that really, to me, uh, uh, you know, encapsulate this song. Um, well, anytime you get to the word addiction, I'm addicted to you, you immediately have that issue of I'm out of control, I, I'm not controlling, and I'm frightened, and I'm desperate, and I'm needy, and I'm driven. 
And, and so I thought that was pretty clear. And then the, to me, the production, really hitting that note, uh, that pedal point over and over and over, was a way of putting, is saying, this person is stuck in this, in this place. It has forward momentum, it's driven. The song has a, a lot of energy in it and it's driving forward, but that pedal point just really emphasizes and, 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 and gives you that sense of being imprisoned in a way in your own emotions and you can't get out. I found that song pretty, for me, it had a lot of a kind of, um, it was a little familiar. I mean, we kind of went there mm -hmm. in the 80s um, with this kind of thing that says, I'm, you know, um, I'm caught in your web. I can't get free. I can't get out. What will I, how will I resolve this? And it doesn't resolve. Um, at all. It just says, turn me up, turn me up, pull me deeper into it. I want to be more involved in this. Um, so I, I think for me, the kind of thing you were talking about, source music, this could work in a scene, Very well. in a club yeah. from the 80s, you know, and it has a lot of that goth. Somebody mentioned gothic there. It's, although it's not goth at all, it does have that kind of dark edge on it and, and a dance club from the 80s late at night when you've got characters who are kind of in trouble and, and getting drawn deeper into trouble. This would work as source music in certain scenes, I thought, without much change. If you're, I, I wouldn't think about this kind of song for any featured use because there isn't enough about it that's really unique and and authentic and in in today's world it it's has an authentic 80s sound i'd have to really look at the synths to see how authentic it is but um it doesn't have anything that's particularly contemporary or unique or fresh about it but it's a very well written focused very clear all the way from the top to the bottom what the song's about and what the singer's emotion is and what they're caught in, what they're trapped in. And to me, the track is really hammering that home with plenty of energy. So I think a library might be interested in this song just as it is and might find a use for that in a, in a club scene. And there's plenty of uses in club scenes. You know, you're probably uh, right on target with that. The, the chances of getting used as a source cue um, much greater than getting used in uh, a montage. Yes. Because there's usually only one montage per show, maybe two. Yeah. And source cues, especially, you're right, you know, uh, they're looking for the bad guy, they're weaving their way through the crowd in the, you know, people dancing mindlessly in a dimly lit club, yeah. you know, with girls in cages and great lights yeah. and blah, blah, blah. This would be great. For turn that, me so. up, turn me up. It's a great idea for energy level. It gets the energy going. It's very good. There's a lot about this that's really, really well done. And, and the singer's excellent. The production is tight, clean. It's at the level that it has to be for source mm -hmm. music, which is it has to be realistically something they would play in a club. And this is absolutely good enough for that. So uh, yeah, I would be pitching this to music libraries to see if you can't get some money from this. Good, well done. Well um, done. Let's see, I think we've got one more. We do. We do, yes. And we it do. is called Swizzle Stick. One, two, three. And now for something completely different. And fun. Yeah. Honey sugar pie, oh where do I start? To tell you what your love does to this old heart. Looking far away to help you understand While I'm sitting here staring at the drink in my hand Stirred and I'm shaking and I'm cut to the quick 
saw a bunch of great suggestions going through but a few more um certainly fun and happy no yeah. question about that oh yeah um, puppies <laughs> said puppies. puppies yeah okay yeah puppies yeah yeah that um what is it the um the animal bowl that they have on the animal planet what's the puppy bowl and the kitten oh, yeah. bowl oh would that be cute or what whimsical mm-hmm whimsical i have right here whimsical bouncy fun quirky playful yeah, I mean, it's really what it is. Yeah. It is what it is, and it, it makes no bones about it. It's old-time music. It's clearly old-time. The playing is excellent. Um, and it has an old-time melody on the song. It's it's clearly the genre that it is, and they're having a lot of fun doing it. Um, it falls a little bit... Yeah, Puppy Bowl. Um, it falls a little bit into the novelty category, and... And which makes it hard to use for film and TV. And the reason is because swizzle sticks and martinis and things, generally, it's it's total fun to live on stage. I'll bet these guys like rip the place up when they do this on stage. But it, martinis and swizzle sticks don't really go with old time music. Old time music for it to be authentic, really, those guys sing about being back in the hills and sitting on the porch. And, right, oh brother, where art thou? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can still have fun with it for sure. Um, but swizzle sticks and martinis aren't really part of it. So it has a split focus between the lyrics and the style of the, and the genre, but it's great for live on stage. The thing is just hysterically cute um, and lots of fun. But as we were just saying, the puppy bowl and the kitten bowl, this would be good music for that. But the martinis and swizzle sticks won't work for that. What do they call it when some, uh, juxtaposed? Yes. Um, I went the other direction. I feel like Siskel and Ebert today, but uh, I went completely the other direction and thought to myself, wouldn't it be great to juxtapose this against a very classy scene? Uh, the movie Spy uh, that was just out about six months ago. Um, Oh gosh, I can't think of the comedian's name, but comedian's name. Um, but she 
uh, was the be the handler for a James Bond-like character who's very debonair, you know, wore uh. nice suits. So it'd be very funny because the movie was very, mm -hmm. very funny. Um, and you could use martini and swizzle sticks in that. Yes, right, it's just a pretty limited be, use, but it yeah, yeah, but it could, yeah. yeah. I just, if you had be, that particular juxtaposition in a movie, which we just had, you could. <laughs> you'd have to also know that song. You'd have to. I mean, a lot of things would have to fall into place. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That'd be hysterical. Sorry, you missed that one. Um, but yeah, you'd have to be in a music library, and that library be finding out that something like that is in production, right. uh, because that would be a little bit of a narrow but uh, usage. But if you wanted to put a new you know, re-record this with new lyrics and pitch it as an old-time song, back porch fun, then there's uses for it. I mean, I don't think Honey Boo Boo is still on. Is, has that been canceled? Is uh, I think it got canceled. But I yeah. mean, there's all kinds of stuff that's on those channels, uh, Swampy <laughs> Guys and stuff, back, back porch stuff, that this could be used for and it would not, you probably would be better off if you had a lyric that wasn't, this didn't have this particular fun payoff. But it is tremendously cute. See, we have a bunch of Melissa McCarthy fans. Thank you for there, remembering Thank you. Yes, that. I knew they'd remember. Um, Somebody said Red Solo Cup, by the way. I don't know whether you were referring to that as another novelty song. Red Solo Cup, that huge hit for Toby Keith back a couple years ago. Oh. Red Solo Cup is a very interesting song. I was looking at it recently. The lyrics are out there. The, the rhyme scheme and stuff, that's a crazy song. And then you get to that totally sing-along sloshed chorus, you know, Red Solo Cup, Red Solo Cup, um, is wonderful. That thing, that's unusual. And if you can write a song that good, go for it. Because <laughs> um, I don't know who would record it these days, but there's probably somebody out there who would in, in, in Nashville. All right, so we've got one more. Uh, yes, we do. Oh, good. We didn't miss your song after all. Okay, and this one is called Lifeline. cool cause you don't want to give or take yeah. I'm glad you know what's good for you cause I'll be right here just in case you want me to I don't want you to take this the wrong way I just want to be the one if you need me you can tell me when you want me to be there Take this the wrong way I just want to be the one 
That was a button day, nigga. Yes. Right yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Caught me by surprise. Okay. Uh, was it? Where's my list? Adventurous, angry, anthemic, anxious, blissful, bouncy, bright, cheerful, determined, dramatic, uh, ecstatic, epic, emotional, ethereal, exciting, fun, happy, heartwarming, humorous, inspiring, joyful, lonely, melancholy, mischievous, motivational, optimistic, playful, pensive, proud, quirky, reflective, romantic, sad, seductive, scary, thoughtful, or whimsical. Or do you have something yourself that you thought of? Uh, combination of insistent and arrogant yearning. Wow, that's some deep thinking right there. Arrogant yearning. I have to process that one. Um, Earnest and pleading. Reflective, romantic. Okay. Somebody's giving that a plus one. Confirming well-defined emo no well-defined emotion. Gotcha. Melancholy. Affirming. Seductive. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a split uh, in this song, and this this is an interesting one because we haven't come across this before. There's there's a lot. This is a really good vocal. I love your voice. I really love your voice. Um, but it's not, but there's a problem because it, the way it's recorded and the way you're singing the song, it's veering between warmth, I want to be with you, I want to be your lifeline and your nightlight, the lyrics, right? And, and a kind of spooky, almost stalker type of sound because of the way the guitar is being played and the vocal is really breathy and right in your face and it's very dark, it's very low down and the, and the melody descends quite a lot. It's like the um, Rick Rubin, Johnny Cash record <laughs> has that kind of eerie... It is, it is eerie, yeah. There's a, there is an eerie quality to it. But check this out, I wrote down two moods yeah. between the verse and the chorus. The yeah. same thing you're saying, it's you definitely... just say it more eloquently than I. I, I, I know you don't want to make mistakes. You play it cool because you don't want the give and take. That's a clear picture of the other person. That's a really nice opening line. It sets up the situation really good. I'm glad you know what's good for you, but I'll be right here just in case you want me to. And yet it's sung almost in a way that doesn't make me feel real comfortable if I were the person <laughs> being sung to. I mean, I'm looking at this as a woman, and I'm listening to this song going, I don't know, is this guy... You know, what is the emotion and do I believe him? Because that's the big thing. Listeners don't know you. They don't know what your intent is. They can only go by what they hear. And there's something in this song, in the melody of the song, and in the delivery of the song, that is very dark. And so it's not enough to say, I want to be your nightlight. You have to be my nightlight. You have to convince me that you are that. And so there needs to be more warmth in this song for it to be convincing in terms of what the singer is saying in the song, which is, I want to be your lifeline. I reach out because I want to be your nightlight. Shake it off because you can see I'm the right guy. Take a chance because I want to be your lifeline. That's what the song is about. 
and yet yeah we don't get the sense of that yeah. in the verses or in the melody um, and and the vocal itself could be much warmer than it is I'm going to suggest that you listen to a song called powerful stuff by Sean Hayes and in fact I would listen to a lot of Sean Hayes and Amos Lee and these guys who do um, contemporary blues uh, acoustic singer-songwriter contemporary blues and and they do quite a few songs that have this kind of warmth in the lyrics and the vocal comes across also as a, a warm uh, reassuring um, feeling for the listener that assures the listener that what the singer is saying is true there's a lot of authenticity you know sometimes we run listings that ask for you know stripped down um, singer-songwriter stuff that's just like you know that bears a soul or, or lays a soul bare uh, and gets right down to your your bones and your nerve endings this vocal approach that he's got here yeah. combined with the melody and everything works that way and the lyrics to me were completely incongruous to the point where I thought yeah. is it a demo and this is just the way he sings, mm -hmm. but it just felt so complete. Yeah, they're fighting each other. Yeah, big they're time. They're fighting. But, so, but that, yeah. that melody and vocal style and approach that he's got is marketable. You could write, absolutely, yeah. You could write a song, you could change the lyrics to this and make it a song about a broken heart or you you know you mm -hmm. be, you've betrayed me and, and then it would be more believable because you could hear the darkness in the lyric as well as in the vocal and the melody but if you want to do something with that very warm husky voice you've got then you want to do it and you want to have something more upbeat and more reassuring and comforting more warmth then I would take a look at um, uh, great song powerful stuff it was used in a Subaru commercial uh, some time ago and you'll probably recognize it instantly you couldn't yes. help but recognize <laughs> yeah. it yeah and it does that thing it has a very similar vocal to yours that, that kind of growl and huskiness and a bluesy feel and at the same time it's oh baby this is powerful stuff you know we're gonna make this work here I want to run something by all of you I was working on road rally stuff over the weekend and I just I, I was thinking I'm gonna ask Robin about this after the show and I thought you know what I'm gonna ask all you folks if I can find this um, while you're doing that may I say one more thing about yeah, the lyrics? I made Please one more do. note on that and that is that you have a, your voice is timeless you have a voice that doesn't fit in a contemporary only vibe right you have this bluesy kind of timeless Americana voice watch out for a line like but I gotta text you so you can see me on your phone because it's going to date the song, number one. And number two, it doesn't work with your voice, I don't think. I would just stay with something more timeless. Well, keep talking because I oh, okay. can't find the document. <laughs> I can see Say, why you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was working a lot today. Those are all documents I dropped on my desktop today. Today? But, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you can see this. You yeah, know. yesterday and today. And it looks like it yeah. snowed on my desktop, does it not? Yeah, when you want to be sure that your lyric suits the genre of that you're working in. And sometimes the genre you're working in is a clear reflection of your own voice, of your strengths. If you have a voice like this guy's got, which is pure bluesy Americana grit, it's just wonderful, then you're gonna probably need to adapt your songwriting, your lyrics, to make sure that it, it plays to your strengths. Poor Robin, she's trying to follow herself around. Oh, I'm, even, I'm moving the screen I'll, all over. I'm looking at the camera. Um, Good. So yeah, so that's a, something that, um, everyone who works 
if you're going to be your own singer, sometimes you're going to write songs that probably aren't aren't for you, that you're going to want to have to cast. You're going to go cast somebody else um, in, as the singer because the song, in terms of casting, is just not a script that you can read, believably. I'm going to get something off the oh, printer. He's, right now back. he's gone. Um, Bruce Springsteen is such a great example of that. There are songs that other people had hits with, that of his that he's never recorded, and he's tried over and over and over, and uh, he says. They're just not me. I can't. I'm not going to be the singer for that song. It's it's bad casting. So you're casting that song, uh, and it may not whether it's for yourself or it's for somebody else when you write it. Okay. Uh, so I've been trying to come up with something really different and fresh uh, for the road rally this year because it's our 20th year. Wow. We've, we've done 20 of these things, or we will have done 20. So I was thinking about taking a half of one of the days and, and making it all about music licensing stuff and going from like ground zero up to really sophisticated big boy stuff. And then it re I realized it was like college, starting out with, you know, like math 101, math 201, 301, 401. Um, and simultaneously, one of the complaints that we get about the Road Rally is there's so much good stuff that I don't know if I should go to this class as a breakout class or if I should go to that panel in the ballroom. So we're at least toying with the concept of doing like a film and TV half a day where all the classes that are going on upstairs would all be songwriting and record label stuff. So, you know, half the people are interested in that. The other half are interested in the other thing. So. I was just laying out yesterday, um, music licensing 101, the basics, what is licensing, um, explain that, what is publishing, what do PROs do, what's a sync fee, you know, all that basic stuff, then moving on to music, and, and rather than doing like hour long or 90 minute things like we do at the rally, doing half hour to 45 minute segments, mm. and, and not so much panels as one or two people at a time in chairs, then moving on to 201 the how, when, and why music is used, play examples of music used in reality shows, dramas. I was thinking of you as I was writing this, Robin, because um, uh, Robin Ice is a, a killer thing where she she spends a lot of time researching and finding great things to play. But I thought that we should play, like, here are a couple of scenes from reality shows, a um, couple of scenes from dramas, a couple of scenes from feature films, commercials, trailers, promos, and have um, a panel in that case explain why the music is used in each context. Then move on to music licensing 301, the actual nuts and bolts of making money. Um, uh, and I made a note demystifying the cue with Dean Crepain to have Dean cover the stuff that he does in his book about uh, instrumental stuff. And then have Robin do her thing about writing songs for film and TV. And then music licensing 401, and I haven't finished the document yet. Okay. But just conceptually, I would love to Let's get, get feedback. Yeah, there. where did it go? It went away. Holy smokes, it did go away. Um, there it is. Uh, so I would love to get feedback from you, ladies and gents, before I go any further down this road. I may not be able to pull it off because of the logistics of who we can get and when we can get them. So it may be a moot point, but. Um, what do you think of it generally? That way, you know, if you're already like a mid-level film and TV person and you know what a PRO is and you know yeah. what a publisher does, you wouldn't have to go to the 101. You could go somewhere else. So you can kind of pick and choose where you're at rather than me trying to lump A to Z all in one thing. 
work with EDM. A little off topic here for the moment, but yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have to be flattering. Tell me if you think it sucks. I really, really want to know because it takes a lot of work to pull off a rally. Uh, All right, so generally people like it. I haven't seen anybody say, you just pissed away an entire weekend working on this concept. <laughs> um, people don't know where they're at. That's true. Uh, great as long as we can take more than one class. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just clone Robin, yeah. <laughs> I Believe wish. Me, I've told her this before. If she ever wakes up in the middle of the night and feels a Q-tip in her mouth, it's me standing over her bed <laughs> trying to get some DNA oh, to clone okay. you. It's okay. better than cutting your hair. I feel it's <laughs> somehow less aggressive than cutting hair. Um, even better if you record the classes, pre-sold copies. Nope, I will never do that again. I've done that before and spent a ridiculous like 60 hours editing and only 12 people bought it. I will never, ever ever do that again sorry um makes sense to have areas graded so to get the essence uh, robin love your hair that's a oh, first thank you. <laughs> thank you um that's stalkerish michael yeah well at least i talk about it in public and not think it in private you know? <laughs> yeah yeah he's not shy about it he, he comes right out and says it it was only for cloning purposes. <laughs> They're never going to let you forget this. Okay. Anyway, uh, no, not going to do a live stream either. Too many ways that that can go wrong, as we've seen on the show numerous times. Anyway, oh. <laughs> I just wanted to get some feel because the idea has been rattling around in my head for quite some time, and I keep going back to it. So this weekend I started writing it out and trying to think who I would have where. Now I've got to worry about the logistics. All right. So with that, I want to thank you. Oh, it's um, my pleasure always. In incredible insight Love today. Love to see you guys. Nice to see all of you. Just, uh, I know a lot of them too. Every time I start to feel good about my ability to analyze a song, I'm humbled when Robin <laughs> comes on the show. It's like, holy crap, I know nothing. It's just my chance to talk as fast as I can. I really like it. <laughs> but you have a lot of great stuff to anyway. say. Uh, and before we sign off, I want to tell you guys if my phone would cooperate. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day that had an app called Oxy, A U X Y. Um, which is a music creation app that's free. And the guy was just loving it and played me some of his stuff. Well, unfortunately, I've got an Android phone. They don't make it for that. So I got one, which I'll tell you the name of in a second because it's not on the screen. But I downloaded this free little app. And while I was working on Saturday here at the office, I said, okay, I deserve a break. I've been here for four or five hours. I'm going to play with this app. So I downloaded it, played with it. And I got to tell you, I made some pretty darn convincing EM, um, EDM and hip-hop stuff in a matter of minutes. It's a little sad that you don't need a lot of musical ability, but the most important thing about this is that if you are intimidated by using recording software or you know building tracks like EDM that seem out of reach for you, this is actually a great tool to help you understand conceptual it went off. Not oh, your, oh, excuse me. I your, thought your the app show went off. Not the show. Not the show. <laughs> anyway, um, the whole time I was using it, I kept thinking, for people that have never gone down the road of producing instrumental tracks, uh, EDM and hip hop, especially, um, this is a great tool. So, Oxy, if you've got an iPhone, and what is this called on my phone? 
Um, you would think that they would have the, it's called Music Maker Jam. Music Maker Jam, you can download it uh, in the uh, Android store, whatever that's called. And Oxy is another one. Um, both of them remarkably easy to use. And I gotta tell you, when I plug this thing into my stereo in the office and hit play, it sounded remarkably good. You blew good. your socks off, didn't you? I was sitting here going, <laughs> I can't believe this. It's heartbreaking for all the people that invest time and money in learning the craft. On the other hand, there is a very educational aspect to this, and it makes it fun. So download it, have some fun. Always important. Have yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. With that, I will see you next week. And I have no idea what we're going to do, but we'll figure it out. Bye, you guys. Thanks for joining us.